Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Be Good and Rewatch It. Good job, Natalie. Uh, our rewatch podcast that it was supposed to be on another feed by now. It's not. We'll just say that was planned and not the result of just endlessly kicking the can uh, down the road. Um, this time we're uh, watching our way through uh, The Purge, a series. We made it through The Purge, The Purge Anarchy, uh, The Purge Election Year, and uh, now the fourth uh, film, uh, The First Purge. Um, joining me to discuss... That fourth film, Austin Walker. Hey. Rob Zachney. Hey. Natalie Watson. Hey, hey. Ooh. <laughs> <Whoa>. Escalation. <laughs> Danielle Riendo. Hey, hey, hey. Wow. wow. Three Hays. I'm impressed, three you know? Three People are on their Friday game right now, apparently. <laughs> Thank um, God. Made it through this week. We did, yeah. No, yeah. If we, uh, um, we have we have uh, we've made it and we made it through this series which honestly when we started talking about doing the purge movies i was the only one that had seen a significant chunk of them and i had burned out on the third one in a way that was like i i'm good like like i'm i've rewatched all the halloween movies but you know what i don't need a fourth purge movie and so we had originally talked about maybe not even doing a discussion of the fourth one um but then, like, we saw some details about, like, it was directed by someone different. Um, that, you know, was this guy I'll get into, Gerard McMurray, who is doing some work with Jordan Peele on the Twilight Zone reboot. And it's like, ah, you know, we've come this far. We might as well see uh, the last one out. And so uh, if you've uh, listened to these before, know that we're going to spoil the entire movie up front. So um, we're not going to do a spoiler section or anything like that. But um, the first Purge, uh, which released this summer, uh, so it's a pretty recent film. Um, it was set, it was set before the events of the other films. Like, as you can kind of surmise from the title, um, it is, is about the first sort of purge experiment. Um, so the new founding fathers have emerged as a new uh, third political party amidst, uh, like, a really severe economic downturn. Uh, they managed to capture the presidency. Like, the series is, like, sort of ambivalent on, like, whether they d- did so with some shenanigans or not, but whatever the case, like, they now have the presidency and some sort of, like, significant election coalition. Um and in, in this movie, they partner with a psychologist who, f- fucking, how did Marissa Tomei find her way into this film? Yep. Like, yep. I, I, she shows up, Listen. and my my wife goes, excuse me? Like, what is she doing yep. in this movie? Not that, like, Marissa Tomei, hey, you um, want to come be in, turn. come be in some genre movies, like, that's fine. It just seems like, I don't know, it was a, it was a kind of a bit role that I was surprised she was, she was in. Anyway, she plays a psychologist that wants to perform an experiment. Um, she wants to sort of like test this sort of like psychological hypothesis that has been sort of like an underlying text to the Purge series about the justification of like people need to uh, 
people become better people if they can get their violent primordial urges out. Um, and she uh, essentially gets her experiment funded by the new founding fathers who are looking for a way to uh, spur economic activity uh, <laughs> through through violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, Staten Island is picked to be the uh, source of the first experiment. Um, people are offered, uh, you know, because this is an experiment, it's not like, hey, you have to stay here. So people are offered $5,000 if they choose to stay in Staten Island. Um, they are offered undisclosed amounts of more money if they choose to uh, uh, sort of, quote, participate um, the government doesn't sort of like mandate what that means, although, you know, wink and a nod. Um, uh, and it, a lot of pe- some measure of people end up staying just because they're just not really sure what this is or aren't taking it like fully seriously. Uh, so a few key characters to, to run through, uh, Skeletor, a mm-hmm, yeah. sort of like Freddy Krueger like character, um, who is sort of introduced at the start of the movie and, and kind of acts as sort of a through line very like traditional slasher style villain um, that kind of haunts his way through the movie. Um, he's he opens the film. He is portrayed as uh, a drug addict who is excited about the notion of the purge and is actually the character who uh, coins the term purge. Um, once he uh, he 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 mentions that he's looking forward to purging, and then the government sort of picks up on that language. Uh, White folks being took rock and roll from us. They took the word the purge from us. <laughs> I fucking swear, man. Uh, and early on, Skeletor cuts the face of Isaiah, a young kid uh, who's drug dealing to earn some cash and hasn't told his sister. His sister, uh, Naya, is an, an early anti-purge activist. Um, and then finally, sort of like connecting these threads is uh, Dimitri, who's sort of a like a local drug, drug kingpin who's kind of sticks around in Staten Island because he's worried rival gangs or even the local police will sort of make a move on their cash reserves uh, under the guise uh, of the purge. Um, so one th- key thing that I mentioned earlier that I'll, I'll loop back into now is that this movie was scripted by James DeMonico, who was the writer-director on the first three films, but he didn't direct it. Uh, but even to have like a writer through line for uh, a horror series um, is like pretty unique. That is not usually how that, that stuff usually bounces between um, different creatives. Um, uh, and the first words was directed by uh, Gerard McMurray, who was uh, importantly, I think in the context of this film specifically, a producer on Fruitville, uh, Fruitville Station. Um, and he, the movie he directed was actually on, it's actually on Netflix. I haven't seen it. It's called Burning Sands. I guess it's a movie about extreme hazing that did well at Sundance. I don't know if that movie's any good or not, but um, that's part of why he got picked up by Blumhouse to, to direct this. And he's also going to be directing some episode in Jordan Peele's uh, Twilight Zone reboot. So um, I think uh, I'll open the floor on reactions, but I think, uh, Rob, you're the first one to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think all of us came a- away surprised at the movie, um, at our reaction to the film. Um, that's probably for reasons all over the map, but uh, I'm curious, Rob, like what what did you take away from it that was surprising that l- landed us all in a place where we were glad we actually took the time to see the series through to its conclusion so far? Yeah, I mean, expectations were certainly low uh, heading in, which I think helped this movie. And they certainly got lower when the movie opens on Skeletor, right? Like, my first reaction was very cringe uh, when I saw the way this guy is depicted uh, with uh, very, like, like stereotypically, uh, like, habitual drug abuser uh features right like they're badly recessed and decayed gums uh you know exposed teeth and then he's just a he's just a 
a crazy murderous criminal uh, who who we meet very much like it. It is launching straight into I think a lot of uh, stereotypes, and then there is also a degree of he's got like um like scarification markings all over his face, which uh, like there are cultures where that are traditional. There tr- that's traditional like tribal markings, right. uh, and so there's something very like this is a black drug user, violent, and like all that's flashing in neon. And I was like, well, I hope this comes around. (laughs) (laughs) I think it... Does the movie know what it's playing with here? Yeah, and I think what rescues it is that I am... I grow increasingly over the the course of the series less confident in DeMonico's grip of the material he wants to work with. Uh, I grow increasingly convinced that he is uh, very good at... Uh, creating like a pastiche of other things that are familiar that that he enjoys, but he is not necessarily great at creating them for himself. But the I think what pulls this movie out a little bit is the people who are making it find a way to make a pretty good movie, right? I think one of the things I really like about this is it is uh, going to speaking to one of the things that I think Austin mentioned with uh, Election Year. This is a similarly community grounded one, but even more so. Uh, I would say like even the way it is shot is very familiar in terms of like the way way it lays out the geography of a neighborhood, uh, the rhythm of life sort of going on even on the eve of this purge. And I think the movie is much more interested in that. And it feels at least like it's much more led and influenced by uh, the black director and actors who are making it. Uh, And so I, I feel like it's less... It's no longer weighed down by Frank Grillo's Punisher uh, stand-in <laughs> yeah. or, um, you know, Christ-like Hillary Clinton uh, figure. Uh, so that, I, I think, is a relief in this movie. So I, I want like, to, to build on that and bring in some, some context. I was reading, and uh, I'll link to this, there's a, a really good interview over at Slash Film with the director, um, in which I'm not going to sit here and reread read the whole thing. I'll actually just drop this into our chat. So people can look at it if they would like. Um, but so like one of the things that um, the interviewer asks of the director, um, he says that Jason Bloom has talked about doing a prequel uh, uh, about the first night of the purge for a while. Did he have some specific, uh, specific ideas that he wanted to see? Um, oh, wait, hold on. Da, 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 da. Oh, wait, this is still uh, the question is this is still James DeMonaco's world and he wrote the script. So what were you able to add to the world of the purge? And I think this is like some of this is like really telling and interesting given our like through line criticism of DeMonaco and, and what he's done in previous entries. And so the director uh, says, I added a lot. Mo- more <laughs> of the characters yeah. became people of color. The perspective of what I think is scary for a black man, the KKK, everything you see happen in the film, the masks, every part of it, I came in and really told James how I wanted to make my vision and tell it from a black perspective, make it young, contemporary, and fresh. It can still feel fun and talk about what's now from my perspective from the black and brown community. That's what I brought to it. Question, did the script not specify what masks people were wearing? No, no, it didn't specify masks at all. Um, Did events like Charlottesville inform the script? Totally. When that happened, I said, we've got to do that. That's scary to anyone. It's scary in real life, but it's definitely scary to a black man or any person of color. So we had to do that. So it's just like interesting to see like the, the commentary that this director is making about like, like the fact that he said more of the characters being people of color suggests that there's a version of this movie that has like similar problems to previous films and that like 
there are just like sort of random white people in here to sort because there are random white people in here and that the movie would be stronger if it was pulling at threads that like were alongside the mm-hmm. people of color uh, in the movie. So anyway, I just wanted to sort of set that up because I think that like paints like an interesting coloring of like what this director brought to this film um, that was different than the script and, and DeMonico himself. So Danielle, go ahead. Yeah, speaking to that, I definitely felt something of a tension between the script and the actual sort of vision and the, the way it was actually put together. And I will say, like, just to start, I, I do think this is a much stronger and more coherent vision, uh, for sure, especially uh, than the last one. And I actually think it's a pretty good crystallization of what the Purge movies kind of want to be. Uh, so I do think it's closer. But I did absolutely sense a tension between James DeMonaco's script, which really feels like he read Gang Leader for a day and then felt like, all right, I want to make that into a Purge movie, which if you haven't read that book, it's it's sociologist uh, Sudhir Venkatesh uh, was uh, in the in the 80s, actually went to a, a Chicago, um, like a, a, a project, a housing project, and actually hung out with a gang leader and like learned the ins and outs of what uh, sort of like a, a drug, you know, what a drug kingpin does. And he actually kind of hooked up with a like sexy, awesome leader guy who was both uh, you know, active in poisoning the community because he's, you know, selling crack, but also helping the community in certain ways, hosting, you know, things at community events and helping people in the community. And that is just, it feels like the character of Dimitri just came out of mm. that book, like out of a white person's reading of that book. Uh, and so it is very much the glue that's kind of holding this together. I think the the actual visuals and the visual language of the movie is successful and strong in this case, uh, and especially having like no good white characters no good like point of view characters no you know hapless suburban couple or any bullshit like that that was in the sort of second movie uh but it (laughs) there are some portions of the script that do feel a little like all right it's it's still the monaco after all for sure yeah definitely i i think you know i can weigh fairly surprised by the Especially by the back. I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised by the back half of the film because each of these films turns into an action movie <laughs> by the yeah. final act. Um, but there was a, a quality to this movie that actually reminded me of so, – so I've spoken in the past about how this series feels like something. I'm mad I didn't get to watch this in a theater with other black people on, on – uh, not just this one, but the, the Purge series in general on release night. This one felt like a different type of viewing experience than those, right, which is it struck me – as being almost a, it's obviously a horror film, but it also at parts feels like a love letter to martial arts cinema, to black exploitation, especially the like the drug dealer with the heart of gold character yep. is not only something you know, uh, you know th- that you see uh, in Gang Leader or in The Wire. Like obviously, I think I think Yolan Noel does a great job as Dimitri, but he's like doing yep. his best D'Angelo Barksdale in certain scenes, like a hundred percent. The like watch the eyes, Terrence. Like the like coaching basketball sequence is just ripped from the wire. Um, and I think Alan does like a fantastic job as this character. Like in terms of just having screen presence and having. There are times when you can. There are times when I watch TV and a and a movie actor shows up and I'm like, oh no, like you're just a different class of, of actor <laughs> than the rest of these people on TV, and that's not a diss. Like it's hard to be right. an actor. Um, this was the opposite, which is Elon uh, has has years of being a TV actor under his belt and being like, and TV is in a different place than what it was in the past, and so like he just commands the the room whenever he's in any scene. Um, but I keep seeing these things that felt like old Shaw Brothers martial arts movies or like. Um, 
there, there are bits that remind me of uh, Kenji Masumi's work, which is like Lone Wolf and Cub or um, uh, uh, Zatoichi. Um, these like Japanese samurai movies in which there are these hyper stylized bad guys that have very interesting masks and very specific weapons and very like stylish action sequences that are also these films are like so big in the black community, like coming up in the age group that the director did, like, I know you watch martial arts movies as a kid, my guy. Like, I, I'm there with you. And so, like, when the two women are walking around with, like, the baby bombs, like, mm-hmm. this is these, these are just the assassins that came for the dad in Shogun Assassin. Like, they really are. And that ended up feeling like there was, a, there was this other underlying um, style of film that, that ended up uh, coming through here. Um, and I really appreciated that because it wasn't something I expected at all. Uh, and that's, like, on top of all the stuff you've already set up, which is – the fact that this film felt like it was community first and felt like it was about a group of people – this is kind of echoing what I said last time. But like when you have a uh, primarily black and brown cast, it gives you the room to not be playing in raw stereotype. I still think Skeletor, Skeletor still bums me out because like there's a version of that character who – the lesson, the takeaway is that society failed him. I think there's a little bit of that in the sense that, like, this movie opens with him talking to a doctor, and that doctor is someone who should be like, yo, we need to get you, like, assistance, and we need to get you... <laughs> Sorry, someone was coming into this room. Joel, we're recording, Joel. Go away. Fuck off. <laughs> Joel is, like, trying to come in this room. Um, and so I think that there's, like, a version of that character who... There's someone who who points to the fact that, like... People like Skeletor are already the victims of a system that has wanted to get rid of certain types of people for a long time. Yeah, like if Naya had found out that right. what Isaiah was doing was going and finding Skeletor, I could have like seen a scene there where Naya's like, "You don't understand, like what has what created like that dude's Skeletor. fucked up, obviously, yeah. but yeah. like there are situations that lead to that. Yeah. Like the 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 drug war in this country, the lack of actual services for people." Uh, the lack of mental health services for for poor folks for black fo- folks like that stuff leads to the creation of this of this mm-hmm. this supervillain mm-hmm. of of Skeletor this horror villain um, and I don't you know I'm not I don't want the movie where Skeletor is saved do you know what I mean like I, that's not the thing that I'm looking for here yeah um like I know especially because the director like explicitly like also this interview says like I wanted a black yeah. Freddy Krueger totally and I just put I put him in this movie like he says like he grew up on Nightmare on Elm Street and he's like I consider this he's like I don't ever see black uh, slasher villains, and totally. I wanted one, so this well, is mine. And like, I think, I think part of the way he gets away with it is be- what you're saying is the idea that if that was just, if that was one of the primary black characters in this film, then it's f- completely fucked by, by by having a whole range of characters. Like, yes, maybe they could have done more with it, but it doesn't stand out nearly as much because you have a much wider palette that you're playing with. I will say, I wish there were other drug users in this movie, though, yeah. because like sure. there is a range of drug use. And most of it is not you then become a killer. Like the bulk of people who are using drugs in this country around the world are not like one one law away from killing people. Well, it's interesting (laughs) because the two girls that like are sent to assassinate Dimitri Mm, like mm -hmm. are like doing a bunch of blow like right before they like like hype themselves up to like be assassins. Be assassins. Also characters. Go ahead. Yeah, there that whole action sequence was so stylized. Like it wasn't like. 
two girls who had no experience with combat. No, that's like, what I'm saying. They were like, no. they were like, they were like ninja they, assassins. Yeah. This is Black what I'm saying. Belts. Stuff like that yeah. like, was... is straight from like the martial art, the 70s martial arts and the, playbook. And the, 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 like, the smoke The smoke, the smoke sequence. Like, with oh, the, like, we gotta talk about that. Set. We'll, talk we'll about, get there. But once Even that, Dimitri's yeah. ability to counter, like the way he Yo. also turns, he's like, he's like, oh, I know how to counter this. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Listen, In a good it was, way. It was don't fuck with Dimitri, my guy. It was great. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's true. That's what so. it is. The, uh, that's what you should have been teaching. That would have actually been dope. He was like secretly <laughs> right. MMA gyms. Yeah. Oh. They, well, they show a tiny bit of boxing. And okay, I was like, you're yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. Um, the, the, the thing with Skeletor that was so interesting to me is that he wasn't cast as like ostracized to the community. Like right. he was, like when he showed up to the party scene yeah. and everyone was like, What's up? Yeah, what's good? Skeletor's here. <laughs> now it's a real party. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I was absolutely intending everyone to like move away from him, but instead like people gravitate towards him. Like people are he like, He was directly, grinding. He was grinding. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he Listen. was grinding. And but <laughs> what I'm what I mean is like <laughs> I so it was like it was it was just interesting to me that that that, that choice was made to to not like other this person in that like they were yeah they were he was othered in in other ways in the sense that you know like his visage and his like physical appearance was like so stark and so uh, uh, in contrast to the the people around him but in terms of like his participation in the community like he was like accepted and like welcomed into the party scene yeah um, which I don't really know what. To to, to make of that, but it was just an interesting choice to me. Um, uh, uh, to me, that felt in line with the fact that, like, the per- the the expectations of the new founding fathers are just wrong, right? Like, I, I've been actually beating this drum about the state of nature over and over again this week. I'm not going to go deep into it here. But, like, the idea that that people are fundamentally going to be afraid and violent without the laws that, that, that society has built for mm-hmm. them is built on certain suppositions uh, and and this film introduces very briefly the idea that sometimes those suppositions and those models and those and those statistics are not trustworthy mm-hmm. right again like I, I don't want to like jump ahead in the, in the plot but like that is that is brought up pretty cleanly like mm-hmm. hey wait a second you said I, my model said that this would happen given the socioeconomic group and then later the Marissa Tomei character even follows up and says you know um uh, you said you're doing this for X reason. Can we even trust those numbers? Can we even trust that yeah. reason? Or are you just trying to get rid of these people, basically? Yeah. I think, um, um, like, to that point about community, I think what really interested me here is that, and this is where I start to really like the movie much more than Election Year. Like, when we talked about Election Year, we t- I t- like, I was really troubled by the degree to which it flirted with, like, respectability politics mm-hmm. and kind of, like, gave a big, you know, cosign to like small business owners, people lifting up the community with entrepreneurship. Uh, <laughs> you built and, this. And, yeah. 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 And what's interesting to me is in this movie, um, this movie nods at that stuff, but it actually doesn't endorse them. And actually I think it basically subverts them in a lot of ways. Like the movie sets up early on that like 
uh, Naya is playing a very familiar archetype here. It's the uh, it's the idealistic young woman whose job it is both to try to like appeal to the better angels of the gangster uh, with who, a dark past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. who she is also like still totally in love with. Uh, so it's it's very He's like so hot. I have written in my He's notes. I swear to fucking god, <laughs> if they kiss right now, like I was yeah. like, don't. Don't do this. <laughs> but he's very no, hot. No, but but do it. I mean, he's very hot. <laughs> he's very hot. But the thing is so He's that hurt. chain, he has that high fucking sweater. I know. I know. When he kept removing each Yo. layer, I was like, here it goes. When I he's running shirtless? Like a ne- like a like a nesting doll of hot. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, sorry. But so she so she's there being like, you know, you what, are you taking out of the community or are you giving back to it? And she's very much like her whole purge plan is like everyone should go to the church and now part of what this movie is setting up is also tapping into uh the anxieties that have always centered on what if the black church is not a refuge what if it is a place that becomes tar like as it has often historically been what if it it becomes a place as it was targeted two weeks ago right yeah so so it is tapping into those uh anxieties but also it's shown that like the people in that church they're kind of fed up with the with the, with the with the pastor. They're, they're yeah. like he's kind of he's fucking boring. Like we're tired of this shit. And you got Dimitri there, and he's sort of foregrounded as the three wise men in the neighborhood, the elders, who are these shit kicking old dudes who sit in their lawn chairs and just like mm-hmm. uh, you know talk shit about people, but also are mentors. They also sort of again hint at a kind of respectability politics, but they're down with Dimitri. They're cool with him. Yeah. But they also tell young Isaiah, uh, who is initially presented as dressed up you know all clean cut wearing his suit ready to go on job interviews or to the prep school got his coffee uh, yeah. and yeah and that's all a front for naya who doesn't really know what the hell is going on doesn't really like hasn't hasn't like she's an activist but she's got a lot of blind spots and dimitri i don't think is ever really presented I'm not sure this. Mo- I'm not sure Dimitri has a lesson he needs to learn from this because basically, in the arc of this movie, he's vindicated, right? Like yeah. the power bases he built are the yeah. ones that endured, um, and I think that's an an interesting part in this movie is that like where election year was basically like we got to pay attention to politics and you know get our shit together and run our own businesses. This is much more like actually. There's a lot of people who may want our community to remain virtuously poor and helpless. And maybe you can only trust your fists. You know, you got to punch fascists is the takeaway for for me. Um, I I will say building on that, like – you're right. Like the three wise men own a business. They, they, there's a point at which at which they say, "Well, Isaiah should come work with us if if he want if he needs a job." But we never see the business, and I think that's intentional. Like it never wants to valorize the the workplace. It never mm-hmm. wants to say, "If only you got a job." Um, there are sequences in which even Naya is like, "I get why someone would take the five Gs to say they would participate," uh, and so I think there's a lot done to to try to like keep the material ways in which in which the respectability politics would come would, would seem like the the virtuous option off the screen um mm-hmm. i will say that sometimes this goes far in the other direction uh which is staten island so there's the big influx in the middle of the movie of killers who are like who are being brought in who are basically being shipped in overseas mercenaries uh and and presumably some local mercenaries too but like 
two things. One, uh, those masks came out of nowhere. Motherfuckers had those masks on hand. And two, there was something really fascinating happening with the way the contacts work in this movie. The the mm. so as you set up, Patrick, people could agree to join the the purge, and if they'd agreed to participate, they would wear these contacts that lit up. Um, or that's the thing that happens. They light up in these bright colors. And I think, one, that's super effective in terms of having this, like, very sharp contrast between purgers and non-purgers. It's also just, like, it's just it turns it into a horror movie because seeing people with lights in their eyes for across When uh, Isaiah's like, distant... going down that fucking alley? Yeah. It's yeah. creepy as shit. It's, like, genuinely scary. Yeah. But also, it weirdly, others anyone who took that five, that five grand because you have yep. to wear that to get it. But and you that's... only have to wear... If you're participating, no, yeah. So you have to no. So, you own... so yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So you okay. get, okay. get five thousand to stay. Gotcha. The, 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 okay. The, the, and the tracking device is to keep you that you, you do the tracking sure device for the five k. Gotcha. But when you put the okay. lenses in, that's to record your participation. So yeah. that's what makes that sequence so effective. Because like right. okay. all those people are people who have said, "I'm right. out here to per- or participate." I'll kill you know, right? Yeah. 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 But most of them aren't. Right. Most of them are still, for the most part, are like. I'm going to stay inside and just look creepy out the window. (laughs) Because it's hard to commit to, like, people aren't ready to, like, kick down the door and go beat people up and kill them. Yeah, no, instead they're, you know, like, like having bonfires in the street or, or, you know, like, there's other... That when everybody was asking what about all, all the other illegal shit you could be doing during a purge, like, that's what... People were inclined to do. Finally, we can just grill out, and nobody's going to shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's oh, yeah, the blo- yeah the, the block, block party. <laughs> Multiple block parties. They're like, there's three parties on the island, sir. <laughs> and the dude's yep. like, sir, it's extremely lit out there. <laughs> we don't know what's happening. Well, but this everyone is, is extremely turnt. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is, I think. I actually do like again like this movie like plays up characters, but this entire this entire bullshit experiment like Marissa is such a bad scientist. It's so She's good, terrible. but it's so good. She's an idealistic crap scientist. She's basically like I believe in the integrity of my race science, and we are going to do a serious study. Now I believe my theory, and I haven't read the, all the literature on this, but I believe I know what I'm talking about is. Uh, there is no such thing as community within minority poor communities. Uh, and if we let, uh, if we treat them like animals and let them out of their cages, they will consume each other. And what happens instead is like, wait, there is a community. These people just want to hang out. Like, like what happens? Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's basically like, all right, let's crank the music so it's Friday? and party. <laughs> yeah. It's Friday and we all got 5k for staying here. We are going to throw Whoa! the best party ever. <laughs> and the new founding fathers people are like, "Ah, oh, what? Like this is this is co- who could have seen this coming? This is this doesn't this is not what DW Griff have told me was going to happen." <laughs> I've read the there, bell there's curve. A, there's a lot to dig in. Let's let, we'll dig into this was a point cuz I think this is like a turning point in the movie. There's a lot to kind of uh, get into and we'll get to you Danielle. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about sort of this this turning point in the film. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. All right, Danielle, I know you had your hand up, but it's something you wanted to say. Yeah, I just want to go off that point a tiny bit as what I thought was the most uh, Trump-era part of this movie, because this is the first one made entirely after the last election, right? I believe so. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So obviously there is a moment of a literal pussy grabbing, and that is like a very, very Trumpian thing. But I I thought like in terms of the sort of, yeah, we we can maybe talk about that later. But I thought in terms of the actual sort of text in the movie and the slight subtext of the movie, the most Trumpian thing about the whole thing, other than obviously the like piece of shit NFFA politician, was that there's a white lady who's going along with it. She's going along with it. She's going along with it. And then she ends up kind of getting screwed. It's almost like the dumbass white lady who votes for Trump, the dumbass white lady who, who you know, votes uh, or it kind of throws in with the shitty bad Republicans who are obviously uh, not here for great reasons. She's believing the science. She's mm-hmm. believing the bullshit. She's believing all of this and then ends up, of course, getting killed in the parking lot as, you know, well, she thinks as you do. she thinks they're enabling her. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. That's an important right. <laughs> She's she, like career climbing. She's gonna make a yeah, name for herself. Yeah, exactly. Like this is like she was like she's gonna be a I'm, snow. She was like I'm thankful right. to the NFA for like like d- doing this for me. Like this is like this is like in her service. Where yes, yeah, it really it really is well, not, my dude. It, like, it taps into this like history again of like. Uh, minority groups, minority communities being targeted for just like whatever the fuck experiments that somebody yeah. with connection to the government yeah. wants to run, right? This and this tradition we have of uh, really bad uh, and really like um, racist and instrumentalized social science being turned against communities, and I think she stands very in very effectively for that. Where like on some level, like she believes her intentions are good, she's just serving she's just serving science and reason and that's and that's what she's doing this for and what this is is perverse but on some level she's like you know we just i think we really need to run an experiment to see if we can just get everyone in a uh minority community just to kill each other for a night i think that's the only way we can answer that even when like it Uh, isn't she the one that like at some point says the line like oh wait you just want these people to kill you would just want to eradicate yeah. a certain yep. sex like she doesn't even she, she looks at like like she's the villain but then turns and goes oh that's what you oh, want to use this for that, no like that <laughs> is the experiment <laughs> oh damn leopards really do love yeah. god what? damn true god yeah um i can i ask you a question danielle since you brought up the pussy grabbing scene the literal there's a sequence in which uh, there's a se- you've seen the sequence if you've, if you've seen the movie by now, but there's a sequence in which, in which a character is sexually assaulted briefly, uh, but it's a very it's a very like awkward to watch and very uncomfortable sequence yeah. because it makes no it like it is framing the action of someone grabbing at yeah. Naya, um, and uh, it's one of it's one instance in the film in which the way in which 
women are treated is is like primarily via violence. Lots of women get shot in this movie. Um, there's a handful of of other women characters besides Naya. Other women, another woman in the in the tower that she's in, uh, who goes to church with her, a mother and a daughter, mm-hmm. um, uh, and those characters are treated with like a degree of agency and care, and like they they're in it to the end, and they're going out to look for each other, and they're trying to take care of their family, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But the, most of the background women characters in this movie, the um, there's a character who works with the I forget what her name is because she has like oh, two Blaise. lines, Blaze. Yeah. Who has like two lines and is like set up to be his like, like killer, like his like most devout yeah, soldier. Yeah. It's like his Snoop from again from, yeah, from exactly, the wire, Snoop. Right? Yeah. Um and then there's like a hand there's like a woman who are hang who hangs with the three wise men. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's a, a couple of other women here or there that are, that are all just like shot super quickly. With very little character development, with very little – without, like, even the kind of surface-level character ve- development that the three wise men get or something. Also – I'm just curious about how you felt about that. So, and, the, and then the, the two prostitutes who get killed, the sex workers. Uh, well, I know you're asking Danielle. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, but the, I'm asking everyone. We're asking the panel, but y- – well, Danielle, if you have an answer first and then we can – Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I thought this was pretty weird. Um, you know, sort of, I think maybe one of the better treatments of this was in that second movie that sort of showed, mm. you know, the woman character, the waitress, who, you know, deals with sexual, like, harassment all day, every day, and then it escalates to full-on assault with the that character in the second movie. Like, that was actually a better handling of this sort of thing than this was, than the literal pussy grabbing. Like, this felt like it was a setup to a joke. Yeah. It felt like a setup to, like, oh, here's how we can do a, a funny Trump joke that is, like, you know, the pussy grabs back kind of thing. And obviously she's a badass. Naya is like considered a badass. She's going out there. She's doing the thing. Like she might be naive in a lot of ways, but she is like a badass character who gets shit done in this movie. Absolutely. Uh, And the fact that this sort of happens to her feels a little flippant. Like it does feel like it is just the setup for that joke and like, oh, they're going to take a dump on Trump. But it's like, yeah, but you also use this awesome character who does have a lot of agency to just kind of like, be a punchline for something and she ends up being she gets away right she kicks the guy or whatever and gets away and so it's like you know not seen as like as traumatic as it could have been in this context Mm. like if a person actually really was grabbing you and really could bring you down to the like literal underground he was like in a grate or something i i remember this being like really weirdly framed and like kind of weirdly shot as well but yeah, I didn't. I don't think this was very successful. Like, if you want to do a Me Too moment, uh, absolutely. Like, go for it, movie. I think this movie is actually sort of like working towards some things in a, a more subtle way than obviously the last three movies was. But yeah, this felt very flippant and shitty. And like, oh, don't don't use her like that. Don't just use this character like this. She is obviously a survivor uh, in a lot of other ways. And like, if you're gonna make her a survivor of sexual assault, like, can you be a little less? goofy about it like this yeah. this was just a joke you know like this didn't feel great to me yeah um i agree with that i there was no i mean first of all she's like caught in a in a trap and then like oh, forgot about and that pulled part to, like towards them and they have like baby masks on and so there's like there's this weird like yeah. what lures her is like the sound of babies crying which is like such a like oh playing on motherly mm-hmm. instinct and that's also like something that I've been told before like I remember like my mom telling me like if you hear babies crying outside wow. just call the police like don't go out and check because like 
like people will use like yeah. baby recordings to like lure women outside because they like go to see what's wrong. Um, oh my god! I remember my mom telling me that from like the youngest age, um, and I I don't really know where she got that from. But uh, anyway, so the thing with the the background, like in the instances where women are are killed in this movie. Blaze is seen as like a super like highly competent uh, 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 fighter and like uh, super highly competent in 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 combat, and yet when she is killed, she is like killed by a drone in which yeah. she like there's like she's just like it's like a firing squad on like all of Dimitri's uh, uh, crew, and then he's like left alone, um, which fucking sucked because yeah. like I know that if it had been like her one-on-one like there would at least have been like if if you're if the plot is to kill blaze like give blaze like a fighting chance do you know what I mean and like the other mm. the even blaze of glory even that like the the, <laughs> the absolute background characters that I remember in the scene where they're like going from floor to floor uh, in which, like the militia, the hired, the hired mer- mercenaries that have been, they go floor to floor in in the um, Park Hill building, which is like the center of the community. It is called the center of the community by everyone um, uh, on TV and in the in the program because this these are the housing projects they want to target and effectively clean out. Um, so. I, re- I like all the I remember seeing th- th- this one scene just like stuck in my head so aggressively where uh they're like sh- it's shot like down a hallway and there's a woman in the far back left apartment and she's like try like shooting a gun like she doesn't know how to shoot a gun because why would like why would any of these people be like you know what I mean like it's like she's just like f- like flailing like throwing shots out just to like like distract or like just push away sort of this like huge force coming at her and it it was like the saddest thing just to see like the absolute vulnerability of of the the background care you know that sequence is terrifying like we've seen a lot of purge we've seen a lot of people get killed in the purge movies yeah but like the the militia the like kkk militia the like nazi it's actually that was like that's the nazi that's like the gestapo like but with, like black face masks on. Yeah. I don't know if y'all like read that oh, yeah. right, but like yeah, okay. Well, yeah, he strangled. Yeah, the guy ends up strangling a guy in blackface. Yes, that was totally. wearing gorilla masks. Gorilla yeah. masks and yeah. blackface masks and like and like minstrel show like mm-hmm. cartoon caricature masks. Um, the, those scenes of them moving from floor to floor and killing people and and the ways in which the the uh, the claustrophobic ways in yeah. which those hallways are shot. Um, the way in which the bodies lie on the floor, the way even the way that like Demetrius or Dimitri checks for for like pulse on people, it was like really frightening in a way that just seeing like oh this is a sniper on a roof, this is a these are killers in a car like cackling mm-hmm. like so much less terrifying than or even in election year which had a specific kind of like neo-Nazi mercenary band mm-hmm. nowhere near as scary as as them moving through the tower. Yeah, because this is sorry. No, I was just gonna say it. Like, I don't. It's like yesterday, hearing the news of the mass shooting yeah. in in Thousand Oaks, and then watching that scene like that night was just like that's like the vulnerability that is like so extremely terrifying, yeah. and like and and 
uh, yeah. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Uh, this is where I actually really start to think this movie's extremely clever and smart. And this is where the movie fully won me over. It was the way different violences are depicted. Yeah. Uh, so you'll note the militia and uh, these paramilitary goons are all very like stay frosty, tactical, go <laughs> yeah. code, hand signals. And that is how like professional like military, like professional combat forces operate. But it is also shit that's become fetishized yeah. by the right. They're fucking like, LARPing. Right, yep. like, the right loves this shit. When they're fucking, like, figuring out DDoS attacks on a website, they're still on fucking 4chan being like, all right, this is o- Operation Operation Vengeful Pikachu, and we are rallying at uh, 1400 GMT. Uh, synchronize your... And it's all this bullshit. Synchronize and your then, swatch clocks. Right, and then you see, like, the fucking 3% militia fucking, like, cosplay Minutemen pieces yeah. of shit at Charlottesville, and they're, like, all, like... and. and and they're all like tooled up like uh, in tactical gear and they all use the same fucking like, you know, dog roll, like, you know, mill, mill speak, basically, that they only link up. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so we see them operating that way throughout this movie. And then when Dimitri and his crew roll up and then like some of them are like combat veterans, by yes. the way, like the movie's also dealing with the fact that like this country has been at war with it for a long fucking time. And like. You know, much as in much as Vietnam did in a previous generation, there's a lot of people filtering back into different communities with like military experience. But his crew has the gear; they have a lot of that understanding and language. But when they take on that group of killers who are going after the wise men, they pop smoke, and it's this cool shot where all these fucking like clansmen vanish into the smoke. But then. The violence is pure martial arts. It's yeah. cartoonish. You got guys yes. dual wielding, like and doing gun katas. Yeah, yeah. There's there's actually a blood splatter on the screen, yeah. which yeah. is like yep. clearly like done through CGI, and it's like deliberately like no, we want the blood to go. Like, yeah, the blood is like the, the super colorized, like yes. super saturated, like super cartoony. Yeah. And I think what this movie smartly does is it refuses to fetishize. Uh, the type of violence that is de- employed by the U.S. military yeah. and uh, and like tactical teams in police forces, it refuses to fetishize the type of people who roll out to Ferguson protests. It refuses to fetishize the type of violence uh, that like the three percent militia is enamored of. When the black characters, when Dimitri's gang fights back, it is valorous, uh, stylized uh, combat, and then. It does something else, which I find inter- interesting. That entire gang does get shot down like they're nothing. They're they're massacred by drones. And that scene, you can't not... Like, I cannot see that scene without thinking about, like, the United States deploys drone yeah. violence on a massive level against vulnerable people around the world. And this is... What makes that scene extra horrifying is that we know these are people who are just, like, out there for the community. They're just people. And they're brave and they're courageous. And we've just seen that. And it and doesn't competent. fucking matter. They're competent. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because of yeah, the, they, the, yeah. the asymmetry of conflict. Mm-hmm. Right. They get, you see, you see the gun cam video, the gun cam footage, uh, they get painted and then they're all massacred in seconds and Dimitri's alone. And I think that this is a series that like, has been critical of violence, but also like plays fast and loose with it. This is the first of the series that I think 
articulates through its depiction of violence a worldview and an argument. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was fully on like, oh yeah, first purge. Like, you know what's up. you know what's up. First purge. <laughs> yeah, it's supporting that super Oh, go ahead. Just super briefly. I believe it's around that sequence where there are a bunch of people cosplaying as cops. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of like right wingers cosplaying basically as like militarized cops. In a, ba- in a well. baseball stadium with with uh, the national anthem, American like mm-hmm. playing. Right. Yeah. Rob, so is your thought those are just the police? I don't. Yeah. My my reading on that was those that wasn't cosplay. That was a bunch just of cops. like motorcycle yeah. cops who like they love their little like fucking white helmets mm-hmm. and aviator mirror shades. <laughs> like fuck those guys. But like literally, yeah. like that cop like was the cop who ran my neighborhood in Cambridge when I first moved there. Like literally, I saw that cop like day after day, like fucking screaming at people in traffic stops. That's Jesus. who who the local police were for me. So I said I saw that scene. I'm like. That's probably not cosplay. That's probably just cops. That's probably yeah, a bunch of guys from the precinct. Fair, yeah. Which is which is sorry. Go for it. Yeah. Which is like it. It points to there was there was one point in which uh 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 the news people were like, look at these people. They're in masks. Like they don't want to be identified. Whereas, like, the cops are, if if we are to read them as, like, actual cops, they, they're wearing their badges. Like, they are, like, emboldened enough to, to be uh, completely on display um, if we're, like, reading them as, as actual cops. And also, the, the when, well, when the news people are talking about people wearing masks, they're talking about the, the mo- mercenaries that were hired to come in were predominantly the people wearing masks. Uh, that were like committing actual uh, murder, whereas uh, like the the other uh, people wearing masks in the in the community that were like committing crimes were not actually like it was more. There there was one point where they asked, like, "Is this in celebration of, or is this like a mask of identity?" Yeah, um, well, that's yeah, it was interesting. I Go I just on. had a question, like, what do you make of the two? Um, I, I want to call them like uh, like bomber aunties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, because like they're painted as so sinister and menacing. But I'm pretty sure that they well, didn't actually try to hurt anybody. They're just fucking with people. They're fucking with people. They're like pranksters. Yeah. Like, one of my first things, one of my first, okay, first of all, I read them as nurses at first, which they're not. I don't, I think it was just, they <laughs> had their patients. Uh, okay. But look, they had like scrub style yeah. clothing on. And so that opening sequence of them being interviewed, the reason, here's the reason I read it that way is the doctor's like, uh, would you, would you be interested in hurting people? And then one of them was like, what do you think, doctor? And I read that as like <laughs> workplace pushback. Like, yeah, doc, I, I work with you every day. What do you think? You think I want to hurt somebody? Uh... Huh? And so that like, so I have all these notes of like, how did these nurses even make bombs? <laughs> Which, well, they're not nurses, to be clear. I recognize, who knows? Who knows? I have to look at the cast list. Maybe it says nurse auntie one. nurse one, auntie nurse oh, two. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look but, that up but right now. But the thing that's wild is like, they answer what happened, how they, how everybody has weird bombs and traps and all yeah. that. The NFA has, or the NFFA has been like secretly seeding weapons to mm-hmm. people, bombs and cheap guns and and all sorts of weird and all shit. Of, all the equipment that Dimitri uses yeah. is from the it's NFFA. From them, 100%, yeah, hundred percent, totally. Um, uh, but I don't know what to make of them because on one hand. On one hand, they feel like they belong in Batman working for, like, like Batman the Animated Series working for the Joker. They're yeah. definitely part of, like, the Joker's gang. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm okay with them. I guess I was fine it's, with them. It's 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 a weird like that sequence is strange. Shit, the to- the tone. Yeah, it doesn't fit within stylistically or tonally the rest of the movie. Like that stuff feels like more reminiscent of like the Mad Max weirdness yes. that always creeps into the other films, and that. That always seems to be part of, like, DeMonico's, like, bit of how he's going to depict how people are going to act um, on this night. Whereas, like, this director seems to have come in and, like, let's actually personalize Mm -hmm. how people would act. And it's, like, his most important, like, bit of change to the script and what's depicted on screen. And that bit seems – I mean, it's hard to know, like, you know, we will never fully know, like, like where things individually came from. But that sure feels like a DeMonico sort of, like – flourish at the same time like it sounds like Skeletor was you know a Freddy Krueger character that this guy wanted to do so it wouldn't surprise me if he's like hey I wanted to put in some weird horror stuff and like this is just an idea I had and this series kind of floats between tones in a way that it's just flagrant about mm-hmm. and it's a it's a one-off scene that disappears very quickly I found it amusing especially once you realize that yeah they were basically just firecrackers and like the, the, the guy skates through just fine um but it's 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 weird because it's the only time I think something like that happens, right? Like, there's not another instance where something is played place. for laughs. There's another yeah. one. Uh, there's the guy who with the water gun. Oh, uh, you're like, right. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah, right. There's the guy with yeah. the water Good gun. Catch. I feel like, yeah, I feel like this, the pussy grab, the water Even gun. Even the ATM the, guy, like, right? Like, there's a range ATM? of responses to there's no rules tonight. Mm-hmm. Some people yeah. are going to be pranksters. Some people are going to try to steal some money. Some, some people, people are going to fuck on a car. Some people are going to fuck on a exactly. car. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um... The, the, fuck, what was I going to say? Got you thinking about pranksters, well, and now yeah. I'm distracted. That's what Damn it is, it. tricksters. Um, Mike, go ahead, Rob. I Mark. guess I had a question about the the uh, women who set up the firecracker trap. My reading of that was was also kind of that <clears throat> one of the things they, they articulate, one of their grievances, is that people, like, think they're jokes. They're kind of ignored by everybody. Mm. And, like, to me, like, look, you live... <sighs> You live in a city. Uh, there are people who like are on the margins or living rough, and like your neighborhood probably has a few people whose like possessions are carried around in a shopping cart. Yeah, and those people do tend to be treated like they are obstacles, like they are invisible, like they are part of the backdrop of a community, but like in a lot of cases, not really part of its life. And I think, I think maybe what that scene is meant to depict is like. There's this instinctive fear people have of like, ooh, like these people like will mean to do me harm, right? They have so little and they're scary and they seem a little unbalanced. Uh, you know, I'm I'm terrified of them. And I think what they end up doing is they're kind of playing into that stereotype. Like, look, we know, like, we know we like you don't like us. We know we we know we scare you. But also like we think it's funny. Like right. we're like we we refuse to just be ignored that way. Like, if you're going to fear us, like we're gonna show you like there's more here than you think. And hmm. we're going, like, I'm not sure I have a fully, like, articulated position, but that's what my feeling for what they're standing in for is, like, trying to get at. There's, like, a politics of attention happening mm-hmm. here, right? That's, like, it's so easy 99% of your days to just ignore us, to, like, ignore that that we are living, like, hand to mouth, that we do not have uh, a home, or, or, that, or mm-hmm. that, you know, to the degree that we have one, it is it is deeply unstable and, and could fall apart at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um and or it, likewise with the with the guy with the water with the water pistol, right? Which is like, like yeah. Look, at any time this could happen. This yeah. is not a special thing for the purge night. Someone could come grab you any time. 
mm-hmm. um, and put you against the wall and hold the gun up to you. You could get stuck up whenever. Uh, and there is something interesting about it being like, and, and on tonight, you're going to pay attention to it. Tonight, it won't just be a statistic. Tonight, we won't just be like the two women with the shopping carts. Like, you're going to remember us tomorrow. Um, they don't necessarily pay that off here because that's kind of the last scene with them, right? They, yeah, yeah, they, they don't show up again. Yeah, so. No. So, yeah. Um, the thing that I thought about or that I was going to uh, mention earlier is there's been a theme throughout all four of these movies of, like, childlikeness or childness mm. in in uh, in relationship with with violence with explicit violence but it's treated in so many different ways which is like i don't really know what to to like in the first movie it's like super sexualized and like the 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 girls are like oh, dressed right. up in like super like like little girls like sleeping gowns and they're like you know doing like ring around the rosy and like skipping around and like singing and on the swings and stuff and uh uh in in the other movies too, it's like super sexualized and like, like you know, uh, uh, the girls that show up to to the corner store owners that are like, mm-hmm. "Hey, old man!" Like, like super. I want my candy. I want my candy. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like very like. I'm I'm trying to like parse the re- this like this. I don't. Th- I, I think you're looking for something that doesn't exist. No, but like, but I in this one, is, but in this one, pure... it's it's used again because the old ladies have like teddy bears and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and like it's like a silly thing now. Like now it's like, oh look how silly it is that like we're 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 planting this stuff all around and and we're like a, we're. You know, our our old lady attachment to these to these uh, teddy bears is like seen as like disturbed or like, you know, like strange. Mm-hmm. And now it is like the like it is something that like you're saying, like made to be paid attention to. But I don't think it's I don't think it's not it's not nothing because it's in every single fucking movie. And it I, I don't know if it's just like trying to like kind of like edgy, like kids violence like little like <laughs> babies babies i guess I, just, I don't think it's like particularly deep like i don't i'm not, I'm not sure that demonico has like a, a like other than like maybe the, the thematic reading that you're getting into which is like maybe it's just edgy and it's weird yeah I, I just think it's like meant to be edgy and weird like i don't think there's like a and i'm trying to say something no with like, yeah like the, the if anything like one of the great like criticisms that i have of like the lack of theming is around the personas right like the personas are like just are just very shallow and boring and just what looks weird and strange um, or Mad Maxian, which is what happens in the second and third films. And there could have been a lot more done with like what personas would people adopt if they did choose to like embrace this idea of anonymity. And that becomes like a trope or, or central to the notion of the purge is that you don't go out as yourself. You go out as a persona and the movie doesn't really, it, mo- it introduces it because masks are weird and like the kid thing, is creepy and that's a horror trope um, as opposed to like actually wrestling with that as like a thematic through line through the, through the films. Rob? But that's exactly what's going on here oh. though. I think personally, uh, it, this visual language is such a trope, right? It is such a horror trope. Teddy bears, animated dolls. There's an entire, you know, subgenre of horror that's like animated dolls and fucked up dolls and Hell yeah, up marionettes and that kind of thing. And I think it's playing into that, like whether or not DeMonico is like specifically 
you know, using that super intentionally. It's still like using that visual language, right? It's still sort of like going off of those tropes. It's still sort of using that sort of, okay, things that are childlike, things that are are supposed to be comforting or remind you of your childhood being subverted in a particular way, in a creepy or fucked up way is like a very, I think even the masks go into that, right? Oh, make believe, you know, the whole idea of other personas and make believe and, and playing as something else. And it's like, it, again here just used as sort of a horror true but I, I think there's something there for sure natalie like i think that is like whether intentional or not i think a very like strong sort of visual metaphor for what's going on here there is a contrast in each of these films like i actually think there is something going on here not in the sense that that demarco or demonico i keep saying demarco every every episode uh demarco <laughs> has like a chart where he's like ah yeah. aha this and this yeah but right the <laughs> the thing that the, the missing puzzle piece for me is that each of these films does strongly also have a through line about parenting and about children and about the whether yeah. like the the pureness of the child mm-hmm. uh the first film obviously the kind of moral heart of it is the son mm-hmm. um and his his childlike behavior is like weird is like he's like a goth kid yeah. he tells like like creepy stories and builds little little creepy, creepy toys, robots, creepy yeah. robots. But his the creepiness there is like pales in comparison to the women outside who are pretending to be children. And in general, the way the purge is pitched throughout the series is that it's connecting us to our roots as as animals. Our, our it's like our pure id like childlike right, state exactly. is one of hurting people and taking what we want and being in tune with that. And and like the sex drive is also part of that same id thing, and so totally. I think th- that's why those two things get framed together. Totally. But through the first purge, through not sorry, through purge, through the purge, yeah. through uh, purge anarchy, where it's it's the relationship between <laughs> uh, the mother, the daughter, and the Holy Ghost, the mother, the daughter, and <laughs> the Punisher, the character. Um, he's the Holy he's Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Yeah. Uh, is also, again, the focal point and whether or not she can be protected and what her relationship is to both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the in in election year, we don't have a literal... I mean, one, we do have Charlie Rowan in the very beginning as a child yeah. having the purge happen to her family. But also, we have just the relationship between Marcus. the... Hmm? Uh. Uh, the I was gonna say the uh, the, the the bodega owner yeah. and his like protege who is yeah. not a child but is his is his protege. There is a father son relationship there, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that stuff that's like there is something about what what does being good in the world of the purge partially means learning to deal with your id when you are a child, finding ways to build stuff and create stuff in the first, in the original Purge, or like there's sequences in this, in the in the first Purge, in which both Dee and Naya talk about their youth when they were even more violent, and Dee talks about watching, uh, what is the, uh, 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 Isaiah grow yeah. up, and like he yep. isn't built for this. There's a lot yeah. of work being done about what it means to have a good childhood and the ways in which that can present you to the world or bring you to the world where you're prepared to live through a purge night or to own a business or to be a family member, depending on which which uh, uh, entry in the series you're you're watching. Um, so I think it's in there. I just don't think it stands on it. It's not its own thing. I, I think it connects to that. And in each movie says something a little bit different. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Ron. No, I was just I was just gonna say, uh like you kinda get to uh 
the final turn for where Marissa Tomei exits this. We we talked about it a little bit, but uh, she realizes that like basically her experiment failed, right? Like the 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 science such as it is that she based her fucking purge experiment on uh, is debunked within hours of this thing starting. She gets one one murder from Skeletor, who's a plan, which is then. Yeah, Basically. which is uh, then like sent out over social media, and like I guess this is all being on the news. Like, Can I, you know, really briefly say that every time sure. Skeletor kills someone, he's like, "Pay me more." Pay me so more. it, it yeah, feels true. like like there is an incentive to kill more. Like there, there is, is a monetary that, incentive that yeah, the they more... say that explicitly. They just don't explain what the, the they don't say if it's fifty it. bucks like... or another five grand or <laughs> yeah. what. But they say like <laughs> yeah. for every you'll get paid more for more participation. Okay, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah. Which, again, I think speaks um, to the thing, right? Which is, like, this is someone who is so far off of the... Like, there's no way in which Skeletor... At the point at which Skeletor is in his life, he has been abandoned by society. Yeah. Like, this seems super appealing for someone like this, mm-hmm. right? Pay me more. Yeah. But, so, then the killings start to escalate because now there are these groups that, like, we know from the, the ground-level point-of-view characters... Uh, basically they're importing mercenaries and the clan into this community uh, to start slaughtering people. And Marissa Tomei like realizes like something is up and starts investigating like where the hell do these people come from? Because none of this was happening hours ago. And so there's a really brief detour into like the conspiracy behind the purge. Uh, And she's like, I am going to, if I just get proof that this thing is rigged, I can Put cancel the entire drive. thing. Yeah, just give me, give me that footage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show the world, yeah. and that's gonna cancel. That's gonna cancel the purge, and that's gonna stop the new founding fathers. Uh, just, I just need the evidence, and I just need to get it out there. And she does not realize the danger she's in. Uh, she does not realize how far, like this thing's already locked in, right? Like this night's going to be a success one way or another. She's her part, her. Her plan is actually a pretext for like what amounts to ethnic cleansing. Yeah, uh, and I think and so she basically like you know exits with the new founding father overseer kind of catches her and ends up dumping her at a gas station and, and she's executed. But I I think where this kind of uh, ends up is that like <sighs> there are a lot of people who for a lot of different reasons, love to pathologize different segments of American society and their lived experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what what is wrong with just, and then X, Y group here. And she's kind of the uh, apotheosis of that character type, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, the, the best, most open-minded Charles Murray Mengele that you can, <laughs> you can possibly get. And in the end, like, she's consumed by the thing she's unleashed, and she realizes she's she's just been a tool of this the entire time. And I think that's where it moves into a new phase, right? Like, the first purge to this point has been, like, this is an experiment. And I think the rest of the movie, what, what happens after she's made her discovery and the sort of the reveal of, like, what's happened to the church is where we get to the text of the other films, particularly Anarchy, particularly Election Year, which is... This is just like masked ethnic cleansing. This is just masked like outright cl- class and race race warfare, and like I like I, I like that pivot uh, because I think it does set up this really terrifying denouement as as you mentioned, Austin, with the like these scenes of 
uh, domestic life, the, these places that were like lived in locations at the start turned into scenes of absolute carnage uh, by the end and they are invaded. Yeah. I, there is a part of that. One of the things that when I was watching it, I was trying to work through was that there is, there is s- some degree of um, a vagueness around the makeup of these groups that are coming in. We know they're mercenaries. We know that some of them aren't speaking English. Some of them are. We know that they are dressed like KKK members, <clears throat> like like Gestapo aid, uh, uh, officers, um, like, like cops. cops, like white supremacists, you know, one percenter, uh, 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 biker gangs. Um, and we don't know what the makeup is of people who are wearing that stuff because that's their shit and wearing that stuff because – they, they were, were told, told to. Regardless, one of the things that I think is fascinating about this is we see again and again the ways in which this is being covered by the media. We see ways in which, like, Purge HQ is sending out footage. And I couldn't help but think about the ways in which, in the world of the Purge, if you are a white supremacist in Philadelphia that night, if you are a white supremacist in Virginia, in Oregon, if you are a sovereign citizen, if you are a... a, a uh, you know, a, a, a militiaman patrolling the border and self-appointed to keep to keep things the way they should be. What a boost the footage of these groups acting out legally on purge night would be. That there is a, a, a propagand a propagandistic purpose for whether or not these are groups, whether or not they brought in these groups who had these these beliefs already, or whether they were deploying uh, mercenaries to use with with those masks on specifically to terrorize that local community and also to embolden the groups that would already be eager to perform that sort of ethnic cleansing. Right. Um, But they were never identified by the news or media as they, they just called them gangs Yeah. because the first ones that came out were supposed to look like gang members. Like they were like, like they were saying that they were, they were, they were dressed to look like us, and but they were like wearing masks, so you couldn't yeah. see that they were just like the first ones that come across are the bikers who have the the crosses and shit and go to the. the but I mean, church. the first ones that are talked about <clears throat> on the news, mm, and then mm, and then mm, they're just right. refer- referred to by, as gangs for the rest of the totally. time. It's flattened out. Um, which, like, if you're if you're seeing the fucking glasses or the lenses, the contacts, you can yeah. see the fucking. The hoods, like you can see this shit. You know, it's like yeah. it, they're, they're purposefully yeah, but gang, identifiable. Gang violence, Natalie. Oh, it's a shame. Gang violence. <laughs> uh, uh, so this feels so. Sorry, Natalie. No, go ahead. All right. This feels so direct to me of the like shitty rhetoric, like conservative Republican rhetoric that goes directly into these actions that directly incites this sort of thing. So, like the scene that that Robin set up. Mr. Republican guy goes, we both know there's no easy answer where somebody, some group doesn't suffer. And then white scientist lady who voted for Trump immediately (laughs) is like, what have I done? She immediately says, what have I done? It's one of those where it's like immediately like, okay, the white woman who voted for Trump, you know, she thinks there's some problems. She thinks maybe here's a solution to some problems. And then she votes for Trump. And then we get a situation like ICE detaining young children. And we see those videos coming out. Like, it, it feels to me so of a piece of, like, what's going on politically. And it's not subtle. It's not necessarily the most, you know, under under the skin kind of thing. But it is, like, this really obvious uh, sort of one-to-one between this violent rhetoric that the conservative right spouts 
to this sort of thing actually happening, to that propaganda actually happening, actually sort of coming alive in the world. And the and the white lady who betrayed everyone being like, what have I done? And fainting on her couch kind of thing. Like, I felt like that for me. I... So for the question about these groups, where they come from, are they are they are they clan? Are they mercenaries? Are they? I think this movie's savvy enough to know this 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 like this movie. I think is aware enough of its moment and what is happening in the world to know that that is increasingly a distinction without a difference. Yes, that like yes. we live 100%. like this is the thing. Uh, American, uh, like right wing reactionary neo Confederate culture has become internationalized. Mm-hmm. Like it is the the signs and symbols of those movements are being adopted around the world and co opted to basically like provide the same visual language for the same kind of structural oppression and ethnic violence just adapted to different circumstances right so like you know like literally in the brazilian election uh they just had like the right was adopting very uh like the right was adopting like very trumpist talking points but then there were also like extremist like militia groups out there you know, going to the polls, armed to the teeth, shit like that. Uh, Eastern Europe, we're having a similar issue where there's a lot of, uh, like, neo-fascist groups sort of back on the rise. They've already, you know, taken over a couple countries. And so I think with this, like, I don't think we're meant to get caught up on this question of, um, are these, is this the real clan or is it not? Because at this point, the real clan is, like, internationalized right right like you like they will make like the american clan will make common cause and has connections to basically you know (laughs) clan bucharest right shit like that like and so if you want like plausible deniability like these people can be imported and a lot of them fit into this already existing ecosystem of uh international like private military military contractors this I think is is clearest with uh, the the head like SS looking uh, uh, Merc who's like ordering people around inside of the the Park Hill Tower um, who removes his mask to reveal his face right who like the the camera wants you to see his face he as a person is like I belong here my face is is more important than yours you should see it and he's definitely like an actor who was cast for this it was. Like yeah. cookie cutter, perfect, like Aryan Ken doll. Ken doll face. Like this is yep. this is what yeah. Aryan perfection looks like. Straightens his hat, you know, straightens out his his black leather uh trench coat. Um and like shiny black Pat, leather, patent, patent, patent leather, leather. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh. Um and you're right, Rob, that like what is being communicated partially there is that if you're going to dress up like this, if this is going to be the, the thing you're going to take, you're already complicit and into the power structures, at least, that allow those things to happen. There's no such thing as a neutral mercenary when the ones in power are the ones who can employ those mercenaries. Sorry sorry to Solid Snake or to, to Big Boss, who desperately wanted there to be a, a world where mercenaries could just fight forever. Um, but, but you can't have neutral mercenaries uh, in a world in which there, there are power dynamics at play because they will fundamentally be on the side of whoever it is has the money and those who are aligned there therewith. And in this case it is it is white supremacists. And I think to double back on the thing that you said about violence and the way violence is shot earlier, uh, Rob, and the ways in which there's a distinct difference between the room to room cleansing that's <clears throat> happening uh, inside of the tower versus the more stylized violence outside with with D's gang. 
you also see that in just the way people are shot in this movie. Um, this is a movie in which black skin is really beautiful. Uh, there are some shots towards the end here, especially during the alarm sequence where mm. we're, we're pivoting the kind of like on, on a, a slow um, uh, cycle between the alarm bright light and then the the building having no light at all. And Dee's face and like skin is just it's Luminous, it's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Like it's really shot well. Naya shot well throughout the entire movie. And when you see instead like the white face, first of all, like the pasty white faces of all of the new founding fathers people inside of their HQ, that place is shot poorly. They all look pasty. They all look unhealthy. They all look like flat and there's no texture to their skin. They look like they've been caked in in very flat, unflattering makeup. Likewise for like the Aryan super soldier who's walking around uh, in in the tower. Like he looks, he looks like a supervillain. He looks ugly on the screen. And not just ugly like a bad guy. Not ugly the way Skeletor looks. Like Skeletor is made to look ugly. But even Skeletor is made to look aesthetically interesting to look at yeah. in a way that there's like a design there's a design element yeah. right totally there's a there's a like a resolution of aesthetic if that yeah. makes sense those yeah. are high resolution characters yeah. they all have yeah. features that are important to understand and see they're not flattened down the way most of the white characters here are mm-hmm. which is again something that we don't often talk or think about in filmmaking but should mm-hmm. god i fucking love the sequence as d goes into the towers because, first of all, this is where it actually flips, where it does begin, like, he begins moving what we'd recognize as, like, tactically, right? Like, he's clearing corners. <laughs> he does, yes. Uh, like, like we're, we're out of the gun kata equilibrium phase of the movie. But it's done in this context of, well, it's teamwork now, right? Like, upstairs, they are arranging the final defense of the apartment. And it's about, like, plans. Like, what, like who's going to do what? And D is taking on massively like superior forces, and what's going to save him here is like discipline, smarts, and uh, his skills that he's been preparing. Right? This is why. Like, why did we see him in a boxing gym earlier? It wasn't just to shout out Avon Barksdale. <laughs> no, it's but it's because... also his knowledge of of the housing project itself. Right. Like, it's his. Yes. No- he knows this building. Like that's what he says to to. The team before they all all are killed, yeah, yeah all get droned, um, is like we know this. We know they don't know the these halls. They don't know like the stairs. They don't know any like we know this. Um, and that's the funny contrast to like that the the first Purge movie, which was like one of our criticisms was like you live yeah. in this house and you don't act like you do. I have a better understanding like, of this whole building than I had as a, <laughs> the layout of that first movie, the first house. Yeah. Right, where it's like no one's gonna expect that you're gonna be like a competent fighter, like that you're not equipped for the situation, but you would at least have a better sense of like where a sense of place where you should go, what you should do to give you some mild advantage over the invader and like that's what this movie like smartly recognizes is that like no these people should know this this should give them some sort of tactical advantage and like Dimitri is able to use that and leverage that in a way that's you know exaggerated sure. but for for the, for the sake of, of of the filmmaking but like is it, it the character is believable and like the things they're pulling off at least like feel in time with a character who like should be able to get at least a pounce on on these characters because they've been to this place a million times got that fight in the stairwell landing uh is just shot yeah. so yeah. close i don't know how the yes. camera is moving around it's deeply uncomfortable yeah. like it's you it's claustrophobic in a way that like 
when you yeah like as Rob you're saying like when you think about the technical way it should have how it would have been filmed it's just like that doesn't make any sense but the way they pull it off makes you just feel like you're in the middle of that when he throws that, that fucking like, that Nazi sequence. over the camera basically like yes. in your face yes. and like it's like the clips happening in front of you <laughs> that guy was flying down the stairwell it is so good and satisfying then him choking the shit out of that guy uh, mm-hmm. it's great yeah and then I love when they yes. cut the power like the fucking flickering floodlights and that moment of yeah. like people are trying to go radio silent and it's that moment you like you see that moment the fear start to hit that uh, assault team yeah as it starts to dawn on them like oh shit like the lights are out we don't belong here this isn't our space and things are not going according to plan it's a great moment it is the moment like the power dynamic yeah. flips and it's like Nope, this is a home game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he says he chokes out this guy, he rips the mask off to reveal the white face, like, blonde hair, blue eyes, and says, fuck out of my neighborhood. Yeah. Like, yeah, D, what's good? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to come <laughs> in with you. Um, put me in, coach. Put me in. Well, like, and well, and then they do, right? Because to some degree, the, the, the big one of the big final confrontations yeah. is it isn't just D clearing house. It does come down to, all right. Here is our plan to protect our apartment. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hide behind this door with this gun with five bullets in it. Y'all are going to have knives. They're going to come in. I'm going to shoot them in their knees. They're going to fall down. And then you're going to stab them to death. And then that just happens. It yeah. just works. Like, yes. Well, the articulation of the plan is 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 an interesting point because often that isn't – you don't get that moment where, like, the people involved actually say this is what we're Instead, going to Instead, what you do. get is the people in the theater going like, man, what I would do is I would get the gun. Right. You two would get the knives. I'd shoot them in the ankles. They'd fall down. Then you'd stab them. And that definitely happened in this movie theater. Well, and then they did the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Naya knows they've got body armor and yes. she's like yes. ankles, knees do not stab them <laughs> in the chest, cut their fucking throats we Isaiah, for the first time tonight you need to keep your shit together and actually fucking cut a guy like you gotta do it uh, and it's and not it, a bad thing, it's not a bad thing to, to, to kill fascists it isn't, it's not Isaiah's soul didn't get lost in the process like these people are going from room to room killing everyone they yeah. can Yeah, fight back yeah the one thing that was surprising to me is that none of these mercs were geared up with night vision goggles. They didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't like, know. I, that was just, I, I remember writing that down. <laughs> I was like, yeah. so the purge takes place at night. <laughs> 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 like, they had step one. one. Step night one, vision. night vision. But, I mean, all the other ones, all the other purge, I guess from this from one, this they learned. On, they learned. They were like, all right, we, next time, we, this was the first <laughs> one. Right. It's the first one. True. This is yeah. the first one. You just got to get. When the new founding fathers had their post-mortem <laughs> meeting, it's like, all right. Uh, so. Uh, what went wrong? <laughs> uh, what would you done better? You know, some notes. I just, I want to say, first of all, great job on the costume design. Just fantastic. But one thing, if you could incorporate night vision goggles into the KKK hoods, I think that would serve a dual purpose. I know it's going to be bulky. It's going to be bulky, co- but aesthetically, it's not going to be as pleasing. You know, but, bring you know, power parade. Yeah. Oh my god, god. And, and I guess like that that scene, you know, uh, that you're describing, Austin, about the the talking about the plan, the executing of the plan, and also the idea of like pushing back against like this invasion. Like this movie, like sort of rhetorically and thematically, like undercuts like everything election year is saying. In which, like, election year's argument, you know, that it articulates through its characters and, like, you know, its aspiring presidential candidate is that, like, no, 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 like, we can't be like them. We can't participate. Mm-hmm. We need to be better than them. And we just need to vote and believe in the system. And we and we can turn these things around. And, like, this movie, like, which, you know, takes place, you know, before all this stuff, but, like, 
advances the argument in a different direction and basically says, like, actually fuck them, take to the streets, grab a weapon, and, like, put a bullet yeah. in them. And it's just, like, a really, really – and I wonder – and, again, like, we can't pull this apart. I wonder how much of that comes from the director versus, like, DeMonico. He's like so, – because yeah. I, I have a hard time believing that DeMonico said, like, I'm going to write a prequel – uh, that is going to thematically undercut the argument I was making at the end of the last movie. Whereas like you see all the little touches in this film that like the, like it's the reason I wanted to mention that interview where the director is finding ways to like sharpen and like punch up this script and like what it's saying. And I certainly feel like this movie at the absence of DeMonico is like coming up with like a better argument for actually what you should do about the purge, which is not to just believe in making the system better. It's actually fuck the system, burn it. Um, and build a new one. Yeah, there's there's one line uh, when Dimitri uh, uh, is uh, confr- confronting uh, what's his name the the like the Brutus uh, of of the group who uh, yeah is that what you're gonna talk yep. about? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there there's this <laughs> there's this whole subplot <laughs> where one of Dimitri's uh, like members of his gang uh, uh, decides like, nope, you know what? This is my house now. I'm the king now. I'm going to try and take over the uh, the, the gang for myself. Um, but when Dimitri like foils his plan, um, he says something so specific. He says, this is their purge. Like this is like, like references a third party. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you try he says like you try to purge no i purge or something like that which was like so at first i was like yeah yeah it's theirs it's theirs like you are you're uh talking about how your um your part what you are doing is not participating in this night mm-hmm. you are like this is a different thing this is not the purge but then he says i purge and then he's in the car with um I think it's Kells or I forget it's with seven, I think. Isn't is it? it with seven? Yeah. Um and says like I guess I purged or something like that and and like is like fuck that shit or something. Uh well, yeah, the, I found that I have the script, which okay, is just perfect. to read it just for, for, yeah, for you. Thank you. He says, Young King, your time is up now, eh? It was short. Hope the crown fell good. And he's like, Yo yo D you thought that you could use their purge to take my ass out. Yeah. Didn't anybody tell you, A, I don't know how to die. You can't purge me, man. I purge you in plain sight. Uh, and then, and that then cuts to the thing you're saying, mm-hmm. which is in the car. In the car, he's like making fun of it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I, think he's, I think this is just like But when he says, those... I purge you, it is not, I'm pur- no, I am not, purging. No, it's not, I'm purging. It is, right. I purge you from my fucking group. In plain sight. Yeah, I don't yeah. need the purge. Thank you for reading that. That's what he's saying. Yeah, he's yeah. saying, like, I don't need the purge to yeah. kill people. I am the kingpin in this area. Yeah. I kill who I want to kill, yeah. and then he does that thing. Yeah. Again, he is a black exploitation hero, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and also, this is still a Demonico script, right? This is yeah. still yes. like, look, you know, here's yeah. the yeah. thing. I really like The Wire. <laughs> I really like black exploitation films. I need a gang li- a, a, a gangland succession war subplot mm-hmm. into this movie, and we're just gonna shoehorn it in there. And like, is anyone gonna refer to it before or after? Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> but 
I need my equivalent of you take a <laughs> you, you take, take a, a shot at the king. You best not miss. You best not miss. Uh-huh. I need that, and then we're gonna move on from it. And it is such a weird like. It also like this is D like D's a bad dude. Yeah, but like we kind of just throw that aside because it's like, well, that guy fucking sucked. And like, anyway, D's the only person taking care of the community. So <laughs> if that means he's got to execute like a half dozen people in an alley somewhere. Eh. So at the very, very end of the movie, it's D and Naya who are sort of walking yeah. out, right there. She's sort of helping him walk out Dolores. The, you know, she's, I'm sure we could talk about Dolores at some point too. She's she's kind of there to be yeah. funny. She's the she is and the auntie of this movie 100. Yeah, percent She's the auntie. She has a very funny poop joke earlier. Very on, funny ass you know, eating. I always, always and an appreciate joke. you know a little bit. She, she yes, she does have a very good ass eating joke. She's oh yeah, she's like she's, she's funny. She's like tastes like old man. Yeah. Ass. She's <laughs> like this like yeah. <laughs> yeah, Don't ask me how I know. Tastes like old man ass. Don't ask me how I know. And it was like, girl, you crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like Dolores. Yeah, <laughs> I think Dolores and the pastor actually have a little thing. That's my read. Honestly, I think she knows where. she knew where his liquor was. That's right. And and what is ass? And what is like? ass? So I'm just like. gonna that's say, you know, like that's there is a there's intimacy there. Let's just anyway, put it that tell way. me. Yeah. Out the touching yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and you know, it's it's it feels like a, a you know maybe a little cheesy, but it does feel like a touching conclusion in some ways, or at least the way I read it on its surface of like kingpin with a heart of gold, aka like the guy just straight out of uh, gang leader for a day. But with the community activists and they're together, like the two of them, and people are like fist bumping both of them and saying like thank you, thank you, and you're saying thank you, D, but they're also saying thank you, Naya. And then Kendrick's yeah. all right kind of comes on at the end. So like again, this might be a little cheesy, it might be a little much, but it did feel like okay, we've got two different approaches to making things better in the community. One is uh, very clearly both helping and hurting the community, and one is just very clearly trying to help the community but with mixed results. And like together, they've come together to try to save the neighborhood, and then we play the music. You know, it's I don't gotta know how other people read it, but community theater or whatever. <laughs> got to save the community center. <laughs> More <laughs> after school programs, right? I, I mean, it's... I got actually the end of this movie was frustrating to me because this is the first purge. This shit's gonna happen for like. 18 more years <laughs> this shit's yep. not gonna be all right like this community Listen, maybe is go- staten island is all right though maybe d locks it down he's like no purging ever again staten island this is my safe. au for this <laughs> i for this. i appreciate that but uh, that was such a weird moment yeah. for me to hear to hear uh kendrick lamar's all right uh come on in that moment and to have this like like congratulatory like yes you survived tonight and but immediately and you know what's fucked up is like as all right is playing. They interstitch like oh, yeah. the fucking William Williamson talking about how he's like, it was a great success. We're gonna spread this to the rest of the United States. Everyone can participate. And all right is just still and like maybe it is supposed to be like that kind of like. Uh, but I, it just it missed for me yeah. where I just felt like, like the thing that I was curious is like. I was curious if this movie was going to have like a Carmelo like pre plot mm. or if there was going to be mm. like instances of or 
in in the end end plot that there was going to be like showing kind of like the formation of of, of the some an, revolution of some revolution yeah it could have even if it was just like cut in with like some sort of like montage of like oh and here's how the revolution was built in response to the first right. purge or like some sort of thing where it's like at, like it's reasonable to think that like there are communities that reject the purge and just like insulate themselves, right? Like yeah, what the if, communities like, Dimitri, do. But... Out of the first purge, build, builds up and says like actually no, not Staten Island, right? Like it would make sense that like stuff like that would, sure. would occur. And a way a way of like cutting that in with the montage of like oh the purge is going to to occur like would but have they been, already like, know the they already know that the government is the one sending fucking mercs to clean to clear them out like they already know that right. on the first fucking night on the first time yeah and so the, the, you are not up against like your fellow community members you are you are already up against the government you already know that You've already been up against the government. That's what I was going to say. Like, these are also people who know, who already, the reason they're able to put it together so quick is they've been up against the government yeah. their whole lives, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing for me. That's why I, it, I still think, it's, I think it's super cheesy. I think, like, if I would have loved another couple passes on the on the last, like, scene here yeah. in, in the draft to try to find <laughs> something else. But, like, all right, the Kendrick song isn't like, and from now on we're okay. Like that is not what that no, song no, is. No, no, no. Like Kendrick, when for me that song doesn't mean, and that's it. We saved the day. No, it means yeah. like we're gonna fucking drag each other through this thing, and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna push through it. It might take eighteen years. Yeah, it might take a whole other lifetime to get there, but we can do that thing. And mm-hmm. and it's not about success; it's about a commitment to uh, continuing. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, I do think it's cheesy. I would have loved to have seen any of the things you just said addressed. Addressed in terms of like, I would have loved to have seen like. Some like teenage Carmelo happened to be there. Yeah, like, you know that... I would have fucking oh, loved that. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but I, you know, I I also also I don't think this is the last Purge movie. I don't think they were they were thinking about this as the final Purge movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we also get a movie called The Last Purge at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they said the so yeah to set up like where the Purge is at in its mythology. Right. Uh, like uh, midway through the credits on this film is a tease for the. TV right. series, which was premiering a couple of months later. They just renewed the TV series for a second season, and then they announced that they're doing a final Purge movie that will bring the story to a close. So yes, like it wouldn't be surprising if the last movie was just called The right. Last Purge. I'm curious. I am not going to watch that TV series because I hear it's terrible. Nope. But yep. if people say the second season's good, I'll watch them both because I'm a fucking fool. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in now. I think... Mean, oh. For me, one of the things, like, it has sort of a feel-goodish ending, but I think the thing the movie just cannot resolve is that on some level it wants to be on Team Naya. It wants to be like, yeah, yeah D, you know, you've learned you got to give back to the community. you got to take care of your people. But, like, literally he had those guns because he financed it with drugs. <laughs> yep. Like, literally, like, yep. literally this movie. And, ba- and also, Naya has to basically shit-can her whole, like, plan A. By plan B, it's... The fucking like military, <laughs> the fucking tactical skills that she like practiced with D, like she's like putting people down with a fucking hand cannon. Yeah, and so this movie tries to end with like, well, we're gonna rebuild, we're gonna we're gonna put this neighborhood back together, but also like what the movie's text has shown us like throughout this is like if you're going to protect this, you need D and his crew of pals to be like armed to the freaking teeth. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no, like, you're not gonna ride this one out at home or at church. Like, you need, like, basically, 
that whole like peaceful like that peaceful protest resistance passive resistance that's not going to fucking work you need to be able to fight back and the good guy with the gun yeah and so i I think this movie kind of struggles because like it Mm -hmm. it wants to be like d's learned something the wise men are there at the end we're gonna put this all back together literally all of this is possible because there was a drug gang slash militia in the neighborhood rob in chat you say we forgot a subplot no, that was that, that was the thing Natalie brought that, up. Yeah, oh, the one that. Okay, thank God. I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. did we forget another subplot? <laughs> Fuck. We um, might have. I mean, probably. I mean, that's a, I, like, I want to be clear. I think we're all kind of heaping some fondness onto this movie. I think it's so much better than Election Year. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, it might be my favorite of. I mm, think it's my favorite. It might be my favorite of these. It's up there. I have to. I. If I, Carmelo was in it, it would be my favorite. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Carmelo was barely in two. Is the problem? I know, but he was just so good. He was very good. I mean, I think this one is the most effective at wrestling. Yes. But with, it is so car- like the politics. It is so cards on the of, table. Of like, like it is so like, if you haven't gotten it by now, this is what the fuck is going here on. It is. <laughs> like Boom. here it is on a platter for you to eat and read. Yes. There it is. There it is. Um, but I will say the the. Like, I'm so much happier with it trying to contend with this stuff, but also, as a film, like, it has some issues. I do think, I like the wise men a lot. I really do. But also, they are the most, like, oh, and they're, oh, you know, what's good, old G? Like, oh, you're still around? Oh, the three wise men are here? Well, you know, we've seen some things in our time. We know how it is. We're the wise men. We've been here for a long time. Just like, kidding. We're the three stooges. Right, we're the three stooges, <laughs> right. And Jerry Curl. Uh, and it's. It's, I'm fine with those. I'm fine with it because I I actually think this is just a really really good B movie, mm-hmm. and it has no pretenses yeah. at being at being something else. Where like the original Purge film, absolutely, it's a B movie still in its own way. But like, the, oh, this is this is like high tension, the high mind. Exactly. Yeah. This is like no, like we're leaning in and we're gonna do that as well as we can. And so I still think there are some vestiges of that style of filmmaking around. Like just dropped an exposition around some internal inconsistencies. Well, it's it's all Demonico, right? Like I think like the 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 lost like seeing what this director brought to this movie and what he was able to punch mm-hmm. up and probably the things that we'll never know that he punched up. Um, it's there. There was a lot more that could have been done with this series if it was handed off to totally. other people, right? Like it would have been. There are so many smart ways to have gone with this series that I think were ultimately hamstrung by Demonico being the creative force. Like he sort of stumbled into something that could have been a lot more interesting. Like imagine had this continued to be an anthology series that like you didn't just at the end bring in a person of color to direct, but like the writing staff were people of color. Like there were, there were just so many, this could have been, it could have had its cake and eat its too. Like it could have still just had the exploitative fun action sequences, but done so much more in the character and world building that just Demonico was clearly not equipped to to wrestle with. And had this movie at some point had a co-writer or been given over to other writers, I, I just think there's a lot of missed opportunity with the premise. Um, and it's it's the first purge, I think, gets as close as like it could have gotten in a lot of ways to to doing what it could with Demonico being the person who was sort of underwriting, you know, what's actually and mm-hmm. there. Demonico's next movie, Once Upon a Time in Staten Island, which seems to be... I, I, Wait, it, really? That's what it's called. 
I thought not that a was joke. a joke. What's it I about? For real, thought it's, that was a joke. It's right out there. in 2019, and so I'm having a hard time seeing it. But it's mm. like it's Frank Grillo. It's it's the Punisher guy again. Okay. Naomi Watts. Uh-huh. He's right in the movie with Naomi Watts. Is going to be in that movie. So I I the okay. the title for me makes me think like coming of age, like yeah maybe mob movie. That's just reading okay. the title. That's all that is. I don't know. I we'll don't see. Know. Anyway, um, well, and well, then, and then briefly, though, not gonna wa- the thing that you oh. said though is is important, which is the director of the first purge is doing a segment for or an episode of Twilight Zone, Jordan Peele's upcoming Twilight Zone, nice. and so that yeah, I'm, curious I'm for I, I'm curious. Like he clearly has an eye, uh, like Jordan Peele, for finding ways to, uh, you know, Twilight Zone was a very political show. People just don't right. remember it that way, and like. He's a he's a good choice given what he did with the first purge to bring into whatever that thing is going to be from from, from Jordan Peele. So I'm excited to see more of that. I want to go back and watch that hazing film that um, the director did. Apparently it's just on Netflix, so I'm curious to see more of that. But yeah, we're not gonna watch the Purge TV series. I, I think like this is a yeah. good way to end our our our, our viewing of the Purge. Um, if for some reason you've watched that series and like there's like something interesting about it, like I'd be like hit me up on Twitter. Like I I would watch an episode if like there is like something interesting to check out. But there's a lot of good things to watch these days, and I don't need to watch a mediocre. There's so uh, much good stuff. Show. But um, we don't know what we're gonna do next for this this uh, rewatch podcast. So if you have ideas, if you have thoughts, like well, I guess we're, I guess people should just keep writing into what gamingadvice.com. That's the one email we have. Um, yeah. it's right into gamingadvice.com with, with your with suggestions. Like we are going to spend some time thinking about what we want to watch next, whether it, it doesn't have to be a series. Like this ended up being a series. Could be a kind of themed around Halloween. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. We're like, we're pretty open on what exactly that's all. Oh, are you already pitching something, Rob? something. Uh-huh. What's, what's the, what, what was it? Oh, just, uh, you know, the iconic and deeply un- influential, uh, BBC, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Oh right, it's a good. It's a great series. I want to be clear. I've seen it. I love it. Yeah, not. It's great. So if you have ideas or you want to support Rob's ideas, please write in to gamingadvice.com. I want to. Oh, Natalie, Danielle, you're saying Natalie has a thing. She's asking if calling Staten Island the island is that a thing? thing? They do it a lot in the movie. They're like, "Get off the island. This is my island. It is an island. But is that a thing?" I don't know that I know anyone from Staten Island. I, as being someone who just either. moved to Staten New York Island's a few weird. years ago, Staten I don't know. There was that guy who Staten worked Island. the door at Vice, the, the security guy. That uh, was, he from was from Staten, Staten, Island. Staten Island. He's okay. from Staten Island. Do you think yeah. he calls it the island? I was just curious because I. Please write in. Yeah, please write in. Wu Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> the island lyrics. I'm gonna find out because okay. if, it, if they do, they would have called it that at some point. We'll do some research. Started off. On the island, aka Shaolin. Yeah, that's how. Okay. How can it be also simple? Settled. So yeah, right. solved. Done. Solved. Did it. And that's gonna solve this podcast. You can uh, follow everything I do at Patrick Club. You can follow everything Waypoint does at waypoint.vice.com. Natalie, where can people follow you? Uh, at Natalie Watson, on Twitter. Austin. Austin underscore oh, Walker. Yeah. Also on Twitter. That's where. I'm also on on uh, Mastodon. You find me at content.town. <laughs> I barely post there, but that's where I that's where I stay. AKA the island, aka Shaolin, aka New Jerusalem. You, know, you already know what it is. Dedicated to all the winners uh, and the losers, dedicated to all the Jeeps and land cruisers. You know. That's what it is. That's what it Danielle. Is. How do I follow that up? You like, don't at Danielle R. I. 
Rob. At Rob Zachney on Twitter.com, a social media network reborn. <laughs> <laughs> blessed be Jack. Bless, blessed be the... No, I can't even... I can't. We need to purge no. your likes, because oh, yeah. that's what was toxic oh. about this platform. Oh. God. Purge the Nazis, Jack. Purge them. That's going to do it. We'll see you. T- I don't know. We don't have a schedule. We'll just see you. There'll be another podcast. Bye. 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 Patrick, I really feel you stuck the landing there. Uh, like, you <laughs> might second good. guess yourself afterwards, but I want to assure you, like, nailed it. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.